Children, children, please. It's now time for something completely similar. Ladies and gentlemen, you know it is a special day today. That's right. We are recording this podcast live today. Live! live on 4-2020. That is ah! April 20th, 2020. And this is your host, Jason, with his minor co-host, Brendan, for a wow. podcast, which is about British film, man. I and regret this immediately. <laughs> That's what you get when you let me drive, baby. I take the wheel and I put the hammer down. Ow! Yeah! Wolfman Jack on the line here! <laughs> you got the curves, baby. I got the angles. <laughs> Holy shit. Sorry, I just had to get my energy up because, as I said, it's 42020 and I ate a 100 milligram chocolate bar earlier today, so I need to get my energy forward. Got and a cup of coffee here. This is like Mark Marin level coffee. I'm ready to shit my pants as soon as I take a drink. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, well, it just it dribbled out. It didn't it didn't explode. So that's still a mess. <laughs> <It's> insane. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. This is called for screen and country. That's right. Good for you. You were able to do my part with Aplom. Uh, there was a lot of rehearsal. Yeah, well, it, it took us 20 uh, minutes a yeah. day a day for yeah. 20 days listen i don't i don't do rehearsals longer than 20 minutes i don't care if it takes only 35 total i'm only doing 20 a day uh, it's in your contract it's in the union rules so there's really nothing we can do about it and it's a real pain in the ass but that is what we go through to bring you entertainment here on the podcast call for screen and country thank you uh i'm jason mcleod this is my host, my co-host, Brendan Wall. And my today, minor co-host, you son minor, of a bitch. My minor co-host. <laughs> Even though he does everything on the podcast, and I'm just a voice that you hear in your ears, uh, Brendan is a minor co-host. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. This is all about me today, because we are watching a film that only I would request that we would watch. Uh, <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> because if you'll remember a few weeks back, Brendan, on this very podcast, we watched the remake of... Uh, the Bells of St. Trinian's called simply uh, because it was hip in 2007, simply just St. Trinian's because mm. who needs all the extra bullshit? That's no what that whole movie was about, Brendan. That movie was about taking away the bullshit, man. And just taking away the real. bullshit every day. Take away the bullshit. I'm pretty sure that was the theme song. Uh, yeah. And we, yes, that we got, we got the real, the grit, uh, there is St. Trinian's. We saw a bunch of girls cause a bunch of trouble. And at the end of it, they sang about it. And this week, spoiler alert, we get pretty much the same thing. <laughs> because we watched St. Trinian's 2, colon, The Legend of Fritton's Gold. Yeah. Play the music.
And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the thrilling overture to today's film, St. Tredian's 2, The Legend of Fritton's Gold. Mm. Wow. That got me pumped. Are you pumped, Brendan? I'm something. All right. We are going to talk about this film. So, Brendan, give me a, give me a quick rundown. What do you think this movie was about? I need your interpretation. <laughs> oh, shit. Are we completely switching roles here? <laughs> <laughs> I believe this movie is about the school, St. Trinian's. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we saw in the first film, uh, Tallulah Riley, who played Annabelle, she has now become the head girl at yeah. this uh, all-girls school. She's made and it. She has finally achieved the promotion in life that I assume that she so desired, even though she kind of was shocked. I think <laughs> that she had been promoted to that position, but we know Miss Fritton is not exactly the most like on the level kind of character. I mean, she clearly is, is happy to bend the law and rules. So this is a clear case of nepotism. It is definitely a case of nepotism, uh, yeah. but she has become the head girl. Um, basically in the course of this movie, we find out that uh, there is some pirate treasure that yes. is buried somewhere that, uh, so basically the Frittons and um, the, uh, the palm freeze, have a long-standing rivalry because the Frittons, some some Fritton ancestor way back in the 1500s, uh, robbed a ship of its gold and uh, from 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 some Pomfrey ancestor. So because of that, there is a long-standing rivalry between these two families. So of course, Sir Pierce Pomfrey, as played by David Tennant, um, it, is uh, it launches an attack on St. Trinian's to steal a ring that is, bear with me, folks, <laughs> to steal a ring <laughs> that will uh, reveal half of where the gold is, uh, the other ring, of course, at some other location, uh, sure, whatever. Um, when the girls find out that there is treasure, they bond together and attempt to stop this and get the treasure for themselves. And plot twists happen, and they are all insane. Yes. Uh, good, good summary, Brendan. Because that's, uh, <laughs> I wasn't now, prepared. I'm, I'm, uh, I must remind the listener that this is a film that is about unruly schoolgirls, and it is a sequel to a film about unruly schoolgirls, and somehow we have now gotten into pirate gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's the well, next logical step. Like, like, like the first movie, uh, uh, if you'll remember, was a pretty, like, you know, it's a silly comedy. It's about a bunch of unruly schoolgirls, and they're trying to save the community center, a.k.a. their school. It's a classic story. They, they pull off a big heist to, to get a thing to save the whole day, and, you know, and, and it's what you expected, that sort of thing. But for this, they really sat down and they said, well, how can we amp this up? And the answer they came up with was, I mean, what, what, this movie was what, 2009? So was yep. this after Pirates of the Caribbean? Was that like, what, like 2006? Uh, uh, yeah, it was after Pirates. Movie? So yeah. I guess Pirates you, were in vogue. Are you saying that this is like, um, this is probably the same budget? Yeah, no, clearly, because they did have a ship at the end of the movie, you see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They really they really went all out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so they, they, they went to this weird part, to, to this world that now, which, which before I said was silly, but it was still relatively grounded. I mean, it was real life. Um, yeah. but now we're in a world where, uh, Annabelle can get possessed by a ghost of her ancestor. Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> she's like floating in the air and nobody's really like, like the idea that she's floating in the air doesn't really freak anybody out. It's more that she's like spitting shit at them. That's weird. Like, <laughs> This is a very, it's a very uh, a great example of the type of like sequel that just goes completely off the rails because where else can they go, right? I'm, I'm, 
while watching this, I was trying to think of other examples of like movies where this mm. maybe Weekend at Bernie's too. I, it's been a long time since I've seen that. What? What? How does that go crazy? Because in the first one, they drag his corpse around pretending he's alive. I mean, that's a pretty crazy, like, yeah, no, like normal place to start. Yeah, but but right, right, okay. And but then Weekend at Bernie's too presupposes that it, it, at minimum it's like the next day, so he's starting to get a little ripe by that point and a little stiff, I would have to imagine. Mm. So, but like I say, I have not seen Weekend at Bernie's two in many years, but I did see it because I did love the original. Didn't it involve, like, aliens or some shit? Uh, would not surprise me in the least. 1991, okay. maybe? Was that when that came out, say? Sure. That has to be within, like, two years of the original. There's no way it was longer than that. <laughs> it was like it, it was like Star okay. Wars. It took three years to make. God, that, that actually would be a good idea for a podcast right there. Write this down in the notes, Brennan. Okay, uh, okay. A podcast of just of the worst unnecessary sequels like that are just so off the rails compared to the original film. Okay, so how many of the ones we've already done are going to be on there? That's a good question. That's a real good question. We have to go back through the list and uh, have some discussions on that. We have, we have to do another sub-podcast to really figure that out. Jason, before we go any further, I want to note who's in this movie. Let's let Yes, absolutely. Let's talk about it. We've got some, so, uh, we've got, we've got some returning favorites and some absences. Shall we go through, through the returning favorites first? Let's do that. Okay, so Rupert Everett is back playing Camilla Fritton slash Archibald Fritton slash Reverend Fortnum Fritton <laughs> plays three roles. He got uh, three paychecks for this movie. Yeah. David Tennant, uh, or actually, you know what? We'll just go through the whole cast because I've already fucked up this idea. Yeah, let's just say who all's in it. Uh, David Tennant uh, joins the movie as the villain, Sir Piers Pomfrey and Lord Pomfrey of the Pirate Age. Our friend the Tenth uh, Doctor, of course. I uh, Yeah, I knew him as Doctor Who, but I've never seen a single episode of Doctor Who. Well, you're missing out. It's pretty good. Uh, well, I can't watch it now, Jason. There's girls in it. Oh, yeah, there is. A <laughs> little further down the cast list. We'll get there. <laughs> Colin Firth is Jeffrey Thwaites. He's back. He's back, back again. <laughs> Guess he's back. Great disheveled oh. glory when he first shows up. Oh, but still looking amazing. <laughs> well, exactly. He's Colin Firth. He's just charming no matter what he is or where he is or how he looks. Uh, or uh, Tallulah Riley plays Annabelle Fritton. She is back mm -hmm. as well, although not the lead this time, I don't think. No, you know, but she, she's definitely an important part for sure. Uh, uh, Sarah Harding is playing Roxy. I believe that's a new addition to the cast. Yes, she shows up in the very beginning of the movie, and I was convinced she was going to kind of be like the focal character because she comes in and she's like, I don't want to be part of any of the groups. I'm not planning to be here long. And then she just kind of ends up, she's just kind of there. She's kind of one <laughs> of them. Yeah. Uh, Gabriella Wilde plays Safi, and I don't remember if she was a character in the original one or not. I don't, but, but. What? Who's the next one? Oh, Juno Temple. There we go. Back as Celia. Yeah. What was her, what was she credited as in the other one? The, the something of Farian? Oh yeah, the, the trust of Farian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we also have making real brief appearances, uh, Gemma Arterton. Um, coming back as Kelly Jones, the former mm -hmm. head girl, and of course your friend and mine, Toby Jones as yes. the Saint Trinian's bursar. Uh huh. But there's one you've forgotten. Oh, go go on. As Beverly the receptionist, receptionist, we have one Jody Whitaker, aka the Thirteenth Doctor. Oh shit! Do you think this is where the idea came out of? 
uh, maybe. And and then I believe Jody Whittaker and David Tennant both were in Broadchurch together. And there's at least four actors in this cast that have been on. Actually, yeah, the four actors that have been on Doctor Who are David Tennant, Jody Whittaker, Toby Jones, and uh, Tallulah Riley. I'm really hoping it's not the same Jodie Whittaker that was in A Talking Cat. Is that a movie? <laughs> Is that a real movie? It's a movie. It's a movie uh, that by year? this point will have been on What Were They Thinking? So listen to that episode. What year was that? 2013. Uh, I do not see it in her list of films. Excellent. Was it, I am was, really... wasn't a TV movie, was it? No, it was straight to video. And it was filmed on the set of a porn Oh, well, and it was a family film. Mm, well, I mean, as long as you wipe the set down, it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> yeah. So St. So, Trinian's 2. What, uh, what, what a movie. What an interesting uh, sequel to a film that we go all pirate on this one. We go full on. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I really wonder who in the in the meeting thought that they should use a reference specifically to city slickers to the legend of curly's gold jason <laughs> as, think about as their, it as the basis of their title now the, I the target don't... audience for this is young girls right uh-huh what young girl doesn't get frothy at the mouth at seeing billy crystal in city slickers to the legend of curly's gold well girls also love daniel stern and mm-hmm. Jack uh, Palance. I was going to say, the, the really cool girls love Jack Palance. I mean, there's no question right there. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the man could do one-handed push-ups uh, when he was still alive. That's pretty impressive. Bruno I can't do Kirby? Them. I can't do them when I'm still alive. Bruno Kirby, probably. Was he? Was he the third guy? If he didn't come back for the sequel, wouldn't that have been ridiculous? Like, Billy Crystal, Bruno Kirby's like, mm, I'm Bruno ah, Kirby. I'm out. What else <laughs> have I got going on? I'm out. They're like, Billy Crystal's coming back, Bruno. <laughs> yeah, well, you everyone knows who the star around here is. I got to see. OK, so I got I got to look at some numbers here. Uh, bec- and like you think if you were going to reference a sequel to a movie, you'd reference like a super successful one. So if, if what are if you we saying? The, well, here's the thing. If we look at the numbers, uh, City Slickers was, was a massive hit when it came out for some reason. Of course. Reason. It was like it was the wild hogs of its day. No, uh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck right off with that. But didn't wild hogs make a ton of fucking money? Uh, I hope not. Well, maybe. Well, I feel like it would have just because it was like it was like it was like it was like what City Slickers was in the sense that it was like these recognizable people in this broad comedy that uh, I guess appealed to lots of people. Uh, uh, now, City Slickers, I'm, I'm sure, is a better movie. I've not yes, seen Wild Hogs. But Again, yeah, but, so. City Slickers didn't have a running joke where John C. McGinley was trying to rape Martin Lawrence. That's a pretty good running joke, though. I mean, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Martin Lawrence suggested that. Um, oh, yeah. oh, I'm sure. Based on his stand up material, I bet you that was like right at the top of his list. <laughs> so on, on a budget of twenty six million, uh, uh, <laughs> City Slickers, City Slickers one made one hundred and eighty. So it did real well. But City Slickers two on a budget of forty million only managed to pull in forty three. Now, it was profitable. But well, only that three million dollars, and as we know, that three million dollars uh, was uh, uh, is all fake, and uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a Hollywood accounting, and it's uh, uh, designed to allow immigrants into our country, and kind of uh, like, uh, I don't know, like, <laughs> I guess they, take our they, movies from us. Is that is that, I, that sound right? Yeah, crazy rich Asians could have been about white people. You exactly. I mean, and and who needs more representation in movies these days than white uh, people like you and me, Brendan? No one. It's it's like we never see ourselves on screen. (laughs) It's terrible. 
Fact. Now I know why you like Star Trek. <laughs> so after that like weird descent into fucking racism. <laughs> and city slickers. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Sure city so, slickers had some unintentional racism. Yeah. What? <laughs> but it, Jason, also you got to keep in mind too. I mean, 40 million and 43 million. That's actually not profitable because they're not taking into account like any of the marketing. That's all just like. Yeah, but city slickers too sold itself. City Slickers one was so popular, everybody okay, was so talking about it. Continue your point. Uh, I, I guess my point was is that if you were gonna uh, reference a sequel, wouldn't you reference reference like a good one, like like Godfather Part Two? Like, couldn't they have just called it Saint Trinian's Part Two? Yeah, or Godfather Part Three. Yeah, Saint Trinian's Part Three, should but then they skipped skip Part it. Two. They should have just skipped it and called it Saint Trinian's Part Three. Well, see, and, and here's the thing is that is that this is a sequel to St. Trinian's. And as we know, the original St. Trinian's had plenty of sequels and they all had pretty good names. So let's let's go through this real quick. Right? We got, so Bells of St. Trinian's. We're not talking about the movie, guys. Don't worry about it. We're, 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 we're getting there. We're getting there. But we only have so much to work with. So we got to pad this out a little bit. So we've got the Bells of St. Trinian's, obviously, original, classic, Alistair Sim. Wonderful. We got Blue Murder at St. Trinian's. That's intriguing. I wonder what that's about. Then we've got the pure. Ha- the Sorry, what? Is that like a blue waffle? Uh, I think my brain broke. I don't know. What's a blue okay. waffle? I'll tell oh. you after we go off the air. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for that. Then we've got the pure hell of St. Trinian's, which I assume is when they all uh, get killed and then go to hell. Um, but then they're sent back, obviously, by Satan because they have unfinished work because the next movie is called The Great St. Trinian's Train Robbery. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, they have to. That's six years after that one. They have to go rob a train. Uh, then we have the the reboot, uh, the first reboot, uh, the Wildcats of Saint Trinians in 1980. But that unfortunately is the only one in that series. Uh, and then we move on to Saint Trinians. So, and then of course the unproduced and much lamented Saint Trinians three colon Battle of the Sexes, which they then just repurposed as the movie Battle of the Sexes about Billie Jean King. Yeah, and and put R- Rupert Everett out of a job. Hmm. Jesus. Yeah, because these are the only movies he does. It's all he's known for anymore. It's the only, oh. uh, it's the only working. <laughs> uh. But yeah, so I guess my ultimate point is better title. So uh, now that we've sorted that, <laughs> now I have to point out as well. Uh, in the very beginning of the film, we see a a sequence that recounts the uh, uh, pirate Fritton attacking and stealing the uh, treasure from uh, Lord Pomfrey. And you'll notice that it says that it takes place 420 years before the events of the film, which is true since the film takes place in 2009. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, so what, shit. What think about that. And we're doing this podcast on 42020. Hmm? Huh? It's almost like I planned it, bro. Mm, yes. I didn't. You should have. I know. Yeah. So yeah. then the girls are all back at St. Trinian's, and it's, you know, it's just like it was. Everything's crazy. The twins are having a car chase. Uh, the fun twins who blew up the shed in the last movie, they uh, they come to school in a car they clearly have stolen. And they're being I chased also... by the oh, Go ahead. I was just going to say, they're being chased by the police, but then the police give up because they get to the uh, edge of the St. Trinity's property, and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, we're out of our jurisdiction, and then it pans up to the St. Trinian sign. I also noted that apparently um, the the overbite and the Camilla Parker Bowles impression are just continued through generations, because yes. the pirate Fritton has the exact same manner of speaking. 
Yes, as does the uh, the Reverend Fritton uh, later on. <laughs> Which, by the way, when we get into that final twist, holy shit, my mind imploded. Yeah, this this, this movie is uh, it's this movie's like uh, the Sixth Sense, but for kids. Hold on, Jason. Got to listen to this on the audio. Oh, you have beer, you lucky fuck. I'm sorry. I just have coffee. Well, and I'm also stoned stone to the gills, so I can't really complain. <laughs> um. So, yeah, shit happens. Yeah, man. Shit happens. There's pirate stuff. Pirates, it's just so wild that that... I, again, I hate to go back to it again because we just exhaustingly went over this but yeah it's so crazy yeah that it goes to pirates like i say it was in the zeitgeist i guess they thought it was and it's fine like it's fine it's does you know it does what it needs to do but christ i mean i don't know what else like but that's the thing like what could they have done i mean i don't know what blue murder at st trinian's is about i mean they could have remade that let me see here uh the, the, uh, to further the aims of st trinian's marriage bureau run by flash harry the school contrives to win a competition with a Easter, with a European goodwill trip as a prize to the horror of where'd it go? The Ministry of Education. Joe Manigan, father of six and former hiding out in the school of a hat and gun diamond robberies, proceeded to travel with the girls, the new headmistress. Oh, so it's another guy dressing up as a lady, leaving the real one trussed up in the belfry. At least her arrival allowed the remain. Okay, that sounds dumb. So yeah, I you guess know they- who's you know who's not in this movie, Jason? Yeah, uh, Flash Harry. Russell Brand is Flash Harry, and I'm assuming it's because the year before this, he kind of hit the big time, because the year before this, Forgetting Sarah Marshall comes out. Yes. That so he's kind of already huge. a big deal in America. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And they couldn't afford him, I think, is no. probably what it boiled down to. I mean, uh, what is this movie? This movie's box office was like seven, seven million, million pounds. I, mean, I don't know what it cost to make, but like probably sure. well, considering that the first one cost more than this one made, I'm assuming they put more money into it because it was so successful. Yes. So I don't think it did that well. Yeah, and that's probably why we haven't seen Saint Trinian's three yet and Battle of the Sex. Hey, hey, according to IMDB, it's still in production. <laughs> They're just waiting for the right moment. They're just waiting. Right. They can't uh, they had to, listen, they had to shut down production because of COVID nineteen. They're gonna get right back to it. As soon as soon as we're back up and running, oh boy, Tallulah, yeah. Tallulah, what's her name? Tallulah Bankhead, Tallulah. Tallulah Riley. <laughs> Tallulah Riley's. Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> That's a real person, right? What are you even talking about? Isn't she? In, wasn't she in Lifeboat? She's an old Hitchcock actress, isn't she? Tallulah sure. Bankhead. I, I think it is a real person. <laughs> I just, I just pictured like I don't know why, but when you said that, I pictured like what just one actress in this movie that's in color in black and white, <laughs> yeah. just looking old timey. <laughs> it's nice to see you all. Am I allowed to smoke in here? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I gotta say too, there were some jokes in here that kind of made me cringe a little bit. And I don't others mean cringe. Have, was it like others have greatness thrust upon them, like Monica that's Lewinsky? That's the one. <laughs> and not that... cringe. Not cringe in a way where I'm like, oh, bad joker. I'm like, oh, rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was like that movie was from 2009. Hall note a Monica Lewinsky joke in 2009. Really, guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's your go-to? That, like, fucking 14 years later. <laughs> but I have to admit, for whatever reason, I did laugh. So it did, it, you know, and then, and that's nothing against Monica Lewinsky. I love Monica Lewinsky. She's wonderful. I, I follow her on Twitter. She's great. Uh, uh, she's been through a lot, and I respect her for – Often through it, 
But uh, I still love a good Monica Lewinsky joke. It just takes me back. It takes me back to a time when I was in junior high school and I was watching Bill Clinton on TV and he said, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And I'm holding my thumb in the way that you would expect. <laughs> For some reason, when you <laughs> said that, I thought you were about to launch into like a Tommy Wiseau. I did not. <laughs> did not have sexual relations with that woman. <gasps> oh, hi, Al. <laughs> How'd you get in here? That's my so, Al Gore. <laughs> <so> <laughs> I won an I won a Grammy for an inconvenient truth. Um, I've got a question for you. All right, question me. Do you think this movie would have been um, better if they just made it like about the school? Maybe, but like, what would you do specifically? I guess because they they did the save the school thing. So, I mean, I guess that was their issue when they were writing the script because they were thinking, well, where do we go? And and clearly there was one guy in the room that just. He immediately stood up, he put his cigarette out, and he said, Pirates! Obviously, guys! Obviously! And they're like, John Silver, you've been pitching that all week. <laughs> and then they're like, well, we gotta go home, so let's just do it, so we can all get home to our wives and fuck them. That's right. Wow. Were you in the room? I was, I was. I was, I was hiding behind the ficus. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's just like, this movie is barely about the school. Yeah. And, but it basically boils down to an excuse for them to have a heist kind of in the vein of the previous film. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to me that they've decided that that's their thing now, that that's because there was no heist in the original. There was a battle uh, that took place at the end of the movie. And we do get that in the uh, uh, early I mean, parts was, of this movie. There was kind of a heist. They stole the horse. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but that wasn't much of a heist. I mean, they literally just do it off camera. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, yeah, they don't, they like, don't go through a whole process. It's just like, oh, we got this horse now. It's <laughs> like, can you imagine if in Ocean's Eleven, you see like the whole planning of the heist, and then they're just like, you just see like hanging out in a room. It's like, well, we did it, guys. It's like a, it's like a Carmack McCarthy novel. <laughs> <laughs> George Clooney. It's just, it's just a, a hard cut to George Clooney just like wearing a bunch of rings. He's like, wow, that went pretty well. <laughs> you guys are pretty good at this. <laughs> they're just they're just reminiscing like i can't believe like carl reiner you went in there and you fucking aced it like bernie <laughs> mac that was some sick stuff you did like just talking about each other's <laughs> contributions to the heist <laughs> with no accompanying footage nope just like ah boys it was good it was like george lucas directed it <laughs> <laughs> they're all sitting yes. in a hotel room but it's all shot on a green screen <laughs> <laughs> George, uh, George, we have a real hotel room over here. No, no, it's like real Hollywood film. <laughs> George, you, you, are you okay? You sound different. <laughs> yeah, sure. Star Wars, lightsaber, you get it. Did somebody let you evolve in here? Is he wearing a fake beard? Ha, <laughs> <laughs> uh, The other thing, too, with this movie being about pirates is... Yeah. A lot of subplots get introduced and then dropped immediately. Did mm. you notice that? There's there's uh, one here. There's one here, and I'll play the clip here because it's Annabelle. We we talked about how she shows up and she becomes like the new head girl. Yeah. And we have this thing right at the beginning where she's trying to like kind of command the room and be like, "Hey, I'm the new head girl," and nobody's really like paying her any attention or taking her seriously. Yeah. But it's dropped like immediately. Yeah. So just gotta let's forget about the whole thing. Yeah, let's just listen to this. And for Jason and I, we're going to watch it.
as the new head of the student body, I thought we could hold a meeting every Wednesday to give everyone the opportunity to propose new ideas about the day-to-day -day running of the school. Talk about keeping it in the family. So, and they also introduced the idea there where they're kind of like, oh, nepotism. That's how you became head girl. And then it's never addressed again. Yeah. No, see, if, if I'd have been making this movie, my move would have been that Annabelle would have like been kind of like shocked for a minute. And then she would have walked up to the nearest girl, grabbed her by the hair, and then just slammed her face into the table two, three, four, maybe five times. Uh, and then just kind of tossed her onto the floor and been like, any questions? I can't then, stress this then, enough, folks. And then fade to black. I can't stress this enough, folks. The amount of want in me to uh, for Jason to make Hollywood films <laughs> is higher than it's ever been at this moment. <laughs> but well, I mean, they, they did give money to uh, Brett Ratner to make movies, so why not me, right? You're better than Brett Ratner. You're, you're fucking right I am, and I've never directed a movie. You're Bretter Ratner. I've done far less cocaine, and I think I could have a far better attention span. But have you have talked to Ellen Page in a demeaning manner? Uh, I haven't had the opportunity, but I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I haven't had the opportunity. <laughs> Ellen Page, shit. if you're out there and I see you, I guess I have to be shitty to you. I'm sorry in advance. But uh, <laughs> hopefully oh, you'll understand. What's the other subplot? There's another su – oh, there's a that, that one that you, um, you kind of talked about, Roxy, uh, showing yes, up. yes. And her subplot is that, like, I think every stereotype group wants to, her to be a member of their group. Yeah. And then they're just kind of like, and she's like, I don't give a fuck about anyone. And they're like, oh, fuck it. And then that's the end of that. She's like, literally, like you said, yeah. just one of the girls. Because, like, when she shows up, it, you get the impression, oh, she's the new girl. She's interesting. She's been, she's a high school girl that has been having sex with a rock star on his bus. And it, it's probably not, if it's not, if it's not illegal, it's probably not cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, hey, but you drop me off at high school. Sure, yeah, babe, he, no problem. He's a, he's a pussy, though. But, and he clearly loves her, which is even creepier. Like, he's not just taking advantage of her for her tight bod. She's, like, actually – he's actually in love with her, and she's this high school student, and he's this, what I have to assume, 45-year-old rock star. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jason, I got to mention something, too. Before we even get to the pirate stuff, because we got to get to the pirate stuff eventually. Oh, yeah. But um, it, it, one of the big scenes in this movie is when the uh, – basically the girls um, end up finding the one of the rings, right? In yeah. the uh, in the school, well, well, Juno Temple finds it, and you know they find it up at the whole pirate thing, and this guy played by David Tennant, Sir Piers Palmfrey, Palm yes. Palmfrey, Palmfrey. Uh, wants to buy it for twenty thousand pounds, and Annabelle foolishly tries to negotiate to a hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, overshoots. Like, yeah, overshoots, and of course he's like, "You're fucking dead. Yeah. I'm gonna mutilate you, ladies." I think that's he the line. Didn't say that, but he, oh. that certainly is what I heard. Yeah, I'm going to sexually mutilate everyone in the film is what I heard. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what you heard. <laughs> Jason, what what are those men in the white suits doing over there? <laughs> uh, don't worry about them. Why are they putting my hands behind my back? <laughs> Brendan, you're going to have a good time. Why are they? Ah, finally. Peace. <laughs> <of fun. laughs> I got away. I got away. Uh, he's back. Lock the door. <laughs> Lock the door, motherfucker. All right, it's locked. Let's oh. do this. 
So what I was going to say before I was so rudely interrupted by the uh, asylum. Please. Not the, not the production studio. <laughs> they wanted to uh, review. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got great ideas. I'll, you know what? I'm in. St. Finian's? Can we make a movie called St. Finian's? The, the, hell, wait, the hell of St. Finian's? Wait a second. Wait one second. Is your your theory is is suggesting that there is a big enough audience of St. Trinian's yeah. to do a mockbuster of it? Yes, that we could fool them at Walmart? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Tesco, because it'd be in England, but then that'd be our main audience. But I think we could do it. So it's basically we, we get the ghost of Tallulah Bankhead to be in the movie and uh uh uh, uh shit I gotta pull one one other doctor we'll get uh uh, uh God damn it Doctor No we'll get uh, uh damn it why can't I pull a single doc Christopher uh you know the guy with O'Donnell. the leather jacket No you know who he is he was in oh, Heroes that Nolan. guy Ah never mind my my nerd, my nerd cred is in total question now. <laughs> Can't even pull Matt Smith. It was Matt Smith. Okay. <laughs> that's a doctor. That's not Christopher, but that's a doctor. <laughs> Christopher Matt Smith. Christopher Matt so, Smith. What I was gonna say. <laughs> so after they try to negotiate to hundred thousand pounds, you know, the guy, David Tennant's like, no, fuck you. Yeah. And he comes in and uh sends basically an army into the school to yeah. like I'm assuming murder them. Wait, well, it seems to be that way, but they also don't actually seem to be armed with guns, as far as I could tell. They just seem to be in like black outfits, and I didn't know what they had for offensive capabilities other than their fists. Yeah. Uh, well, I, maybe, I wonder... maybe they assumed it, that it was a school full of girls of these like you know these school girls that aren't gonna you know stop these big strong men in black outfits. Well, I'm gonna. I thought you were about to say blackface for a second. <laughs> well, maybe under the mask. We don't know. We never saw. That would be a strange directorial decision. <laughs> um, Barnaby Thomas, you sick fuck. It's like uh, nobody's nobody's gonna see this, but I'll know. <laughs> I'll know, and I'll think about it all the time. Um, what I wanted to play here for you, Jason, is the girls are getting ready to fight back. They're they're getting ready on the stairs, and I want to play this clip because I want to ask you if you. If it reminded you of a mo- of another movie that we've actually talked about, that's from the BFI Top 100, actually. Sure. I, I want to just play this. The name of the clip that you can see may give it away. <laughs> okay, girls. Wait till you see the whites of their eyes.
nice. Yeah, I didn't think of it till I saw the the file name, but yeah, that definitely does remind me of Zulu. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's it's not only just the um, you know, first rank fire, second rank fire, but it's also the fact that they kind of they sing their song before that. Yes, yes. It just reminded the, me of like them singing Men of Harlech in Zulu. <laughs> yeah, and and the 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 fire don't fire till you see the whites of their eyes is a reference to a line that is attributed in the American Revolution to the Americans fighting the British. Yeah. Um, but uh, what actually I was called back to from this one and why I think I didn't think of Zulu is I was specifically thinking of the Bells of St. Trinians. I was thinking of that fight at the end of the movie where the teachers all try to rush in and attack the students, but the students hold them off. <laughs> mm. Oh, and yeah, yeah def- definitely. Um, just the rank formation in the song made me think a lot of specifically. Zulu. Yeah, exactly. When they when they fire and then they drop down and then the line behind them then launches their volley. Like, yeah, that's totally Zulu. <laughs> well, there's even there's even a scene shortly after where they've made like a makeshift hospital. <laughs> yeah, and, that's right. And it, the dorms look like a field hospital. And Miss Fritton is like walking around, and be like, give give her a pint of blood on me, <laughs> like stuff, <laughs> like ridiculous shit like that. So, um, the other the other reference, Jason. Yeah. To a movie we've talked about, and I'm just gonna play it right now. Let's get get out of the way right now. All right, let's okay. Let's listen to a little speech Miss Fritton makes to uh, rally the troops. <laughs> they may be many, and we may be few, but anyone who stands beside me in this struggle, what can I say? We few, we have a few. A band of sisters. She who sheds her blood with me shall be my sister. Were she ne'er so vile. And gentle girls in England now abed shall think themselves a curse they were not here. And hold their gold cheap. Whilst any speaks. Who fought with us. I love that at the end of that scene, she's then handed a Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So we've got like, um, I mean, stealing from Kenneth Branagh's original script, Henry V. That he wrote yeah. himself in the 1500s. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, now that I think about it, it's crazier that they do the speech because of what's coming up later. Yeah, exactly. It foreshadows what's coming. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Kenneth Branagh but... shows up. <laughs> I wish. Kenneth, he does. That was a funny cameo. <laughs> oh, hello, it's me, Kenneth Brawler. Goodbye. So yeah, I just thought those. Were, I just thought that was interesting because we talked about both those movies on this yeah. list. Yeah. Several times. And it it all comes together in Saint Trinian's too. This is what this all has been building towards. Oh, so this is our final episode. I guess so. Yeah, I guess it has to be right. Well, God save the queen. God save the screen and go fuck yourself. Oh, <laughs> that's how we end this. on a ride. That's how we end this. Oh, bo- both of our brains. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> the, has there has there been a suicide pact between two podcast hosts yet? And how long before <laughs> that happens? I'm not saying we should be the ones, but, you know, it's kind of a good story. Oh, I was just going to ask you, how many more episodes do we have? <laughs> that's my answer. Good point. Good point. We'll get through the list and then we'll then then we'll end this the right way. I hope nobody <laughs> is alerted right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, we're all just having fun. 
<laughs> Time and a ball. Um, Jason, they do they 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 continue the Rupert Everett uh, Colin Firth uh, romance subplot. Mm. You know, he's brought back into the picture, and and what is the song? Is it "Love Is a Many Splendored Thing" that keeps playing every time? Love is a many splendored thing. And if you're wondering why we sound so perfectly in sync, it's because we're in two different places. That's right. That's right. Skype man, the best. Well, and it's good thing they got Colin for. I feel this is almost this almost feels like another like an episode of my other podcast because <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But yeah, it is. Um, I do like that uh, they they do get Colin Firth. Uh, they do clean him up and put him into uh, Children's Alcoholic Anonymous. Yes, <laughs> it's exactly. I laughed really hard when that girl comes in. She looks like she's got to be about nine, and she's like, uh, uh, "I've been I've, I haven't had a drink in six years," and everybody applauds. <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't a Drew Barrymore joke. Oh, I, ooh, yeah. Well, I mean, you don't want to get on her bad side. Oh no, she's known to be quite a yeah. terror in Hollywood. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to fuck with Drew Barrymore. Mm. Ask Adam Sandler. Oh, I mean, he went on Fifty First Dates with her, didn't he? <laughs> Sorry, it was weird. <laughs> He's like, no, Drew, we've been on twenty-seven dates. She's like, first date. Yeah, well, she, remember he erased her memory, so she's got some mental problems. Because I don't think I don't think that's the plot, Jason. I think isn't that what happens? He like he just keeps erasing her memory, and then they go on first dates. I don't think he erases her memory. Oh, oh, oh! So she's just got like a disease. Yeah. Oh, so it's like Jack, except your plot, of growing your, old. Your <laughs> plot is so much darker. <laughs> it's much more of an abusive kind. Of, it's like it's like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I suppose. But uh, it's like uh, it's like one of those movies. It's like one of those movies we'd watch in the nineties and be like, "Oh, that's charming." And now yeah. we're like, "Oh God!" Like, "Oh God!" How, what what is wrong with us? How did we not notice how terrible this is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Soul Man, what a lark. Uh, I, I always think actually the one that always gets me is is and, and I love this movie at the time and I still think it's really funny mostly but like American Pie, like when they're when they're streaming that girl on the internet and you're watching that and you're like okay she's a minor so they're not they're committing a crime there then they're also invading her privacy and and like just so many different crimes that they're guilty of committing these creeps. Yeah. God. And it's all think... in pursuit of getting laid, breaking I... the V card or something. I don't know what the kids say. I mean, I think to that movie's credit, they're at least not trying to broadcast it on the internet. I think that was a mistake. Well, uh, it's a but mistake I mean, as real because she gets deported back to her home country, it does. fucks up her life. Yeah, and then she goes <laughs> back in the second one. All, and then she comes back in the second one, all like horny for Jason Biggs. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna maybe she and and that says a lot about what the writers are thinking of that character that she's just such a sucker for abuse that she's willing to come back to this guy that ruined her life just because she's that <laughs> horny. She's willing By to the way, across the world. By the way, this guy that is average looking at best. Yeah, not worth flying out halfway across the world for. Certainly. No. no. Um, so St. Trinian's 2, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Not as good as American Pie 2, but uh, it's up there. But better but, than American Pie Bandcamp. Did did the thing happen in that movie? Hmm? The thing, you know, about where the fluke got I don't. I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Really? I would have figured that would have come up at some point on your uh, podcast. But, but, but really the answer – actually, I can I can just save you having to do a podcast. The answer to what were they thinking uh, to the those American Pie sequel movies was Eugene Levy needs work, and let's help him. Let's Fair get enough. this paycheck. He's a, he's a national treasure. 
you know, let's not work them too hard. We don't want to ruin them, but uh, let's keep keep them paid, you know. Yeah, we don't want to send them up Shit's Creek. <laughs> no, that's right. That I I have to I like to think that the money he made on those movies allowed him the time to kind of kick back and and plan and invent Shit's Creek. There you go. That's right. Um, I, uh, there, there was a uh, speaking, by the way, going back to like, well, actually, I just want to say something about Colin Firth and Rupert Everett. They finally get their kiss. Yeah. Yeah. It's, by 2009, it was finally cool for dudes to kiss on screen. I mean, they do it as they're dressed like Romeo and Juliet. Uh, yeah. but another crazy <laughs> th- turn of events is that the other, the treasure is apparently at the globe theater, which is, um, actively producing plays. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it, they, they actually that I think that is a thing because, okay. well, that's also one of the inconsistencies in this movie, because uh, uh, I noticed this on uh, IMDb, but it, it's a nice little historical fact because the globe that exists in London is a is a rebuilt recreation of the globe. And it's actually built on a completely different site than the original globe. So theoretically, they shouldn't be finding anything at the new globe right. uh, since the old globe burned down. <laughs> so what you're saying is that's the one flaw. Uh, it's uh, yes, it's the one flaw in this otherwise perfect uh, piece of cinema. So, yeah. So basically, what happens is they go to the Globe and like the actors playing Romeo and Juliet get, <laughs> I mean, knocked out. <laughs> yeah. Well, they. What happens to the Romeo gets hit or something, or they Romeo has Ju- a sword fight with Colin Firth. Right. Yes, and then he gets knocked down, and he's like kind of passed out, and and she th- and Juliet thinks he's dead, but then he's not dead, and then Miss Fritton comes up behind Juliet and just full on blackjack clubs her across the back of the head, and knocks her out. <laughs> Which, by the way, we should remind people this is Rupert Everett, not a woman. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is Rupert oh. Everett playing a a a woman uh, and doing a very good job. Hmm. I mean, I've nothing. I've no. I've no complaints about his performance. Uh, he he's as good as he was in the first one. Yeah, um, and then and then Rupert Everett and Colin Firth basically have to go on as Romeo and Juliet. And 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 they the clearly going. and they both don't know the play like word for word, so they just <laughs> no. kind of improvise it and wing it. And I feel like they must have had a really fun day that day on set doing this. <laughs> but I wanted more of that. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't I, enough of it, and it was fun listening to the because the audience would laugh at them and. It, it, Although my biggest question is like, who's letting this continue on? Like, it's clear that these people aren't involved in this play, and this play <laughs> is not the play that they're supposed to be doing. Why? Are, why is David Tennant just patiently waiting in the back of the room for them to finish? Like, <laughs> and also, also, listen, I've seen Romeo and Juliet. I'm pretty sure after the intermission, it's not the scene where they die. Yeah, no, they don't have an intermission quite that late in the play. <laughs> it's like you guys go, go take a break, get a drink, come back. 10 minutes will knock out the rest of the play and you guys can go home. <laughs> I was like, I don't, <laughs> that'd be like if, uh, if fucking, uh, 2001, a space odyssey, they fucking intermission in the middle of that, like acid trip at the end of the movie. Or no, the, the intermission right before it. And then you, and then you go, you get your drink, you come back, you sit down and that's what you have to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, they have their, they have their kiss sort of in character as he finally admits that he loves her. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And then and then kills himself for the privilege. I mean, mm. not for real, but you know, no. it's it still was an expression of love. How about the villains in this movie, Jason? They start off as like, "Oh, okay, they're kind of like they're they're kind of bad guys because like, you know, they're mad about, you know, the the gold, they want to get the treasure, they're greedy." Yeah. And then we find out they're basically MRAs. 
Yeah, yeah, kind of. They the Saint Trinians too, if nothing else, was ahead of the game on uh, identifying this problem section of the populace, uh, but gave them a little too much credit, casting them as a uh, secret organization of of uh, very openly. Uh, cartoonishly women-hating uh, uh, gentlemen <laughs> who've yeah. been working for 500 years to keep women down, you know. And I, I, I literally wrote, I was like, oh, thanks, movie. I didn't hate them yet. <laughs> so, so basically, their organization really had nothing to do themselves until like the last hundred years, <laughs> because everybody yeah. else was already busy doing it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. But yeah, so that that makes them dislikable. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so so they're good villains that way. Uh, I also enjoy it. Uh, uh, so I guess I, that we'll get to that. That's at the end of the movie. But uh, mm. so basically, the movie. Yeah, so the movie. They they find the thing. They find the treasure uh, that's in the Globe Theater uh, down in there, and and they open up the the treasure box because they have the ring, and the ring is the key, right? Yeah. So they pop they pop that treasure box open, and it's empty. <gasps> There's nothing in it until they look what? down at the corner and there's a note <gasps> and they pull that note out and they read it and they learn that uh, uh, Shakespeare had left this treasure here and he was the guy that was actually the pirate Fritton. So that's a big twist right out of the gate there. Shakespeare is uh, a fucking Fritton. Shakespeare is a Fritton. Uh, and we see it because we see the painting. And in the painting, Shakespeare has the buck teeth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we know it's ob- he's obviously oh Fritton. Oh, my God. But then it turns out that in addition to being Fritton, Shakespeare was also secretly a lady. Wilhelmina Shakespeare. That's right. Clearly of Germanic descent. Um <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, so uh, Pirate Fritton disappeared and Shakespeare appeared. And so Mrs. Shakespeare or Miss Shakespeare, I don't know. If, I guess, I guess uh, uh, Jason, Jason, it's Miss Shakespeare if you're nasty. That's right. Miss Shakespeare. So Miss Shakespeare wrote one last play that the, that the, was the treasure that was left in the box. And <laughs> what was, was a, that play called, Jason? <laughs> that play was called Queen Lear. <laughs> and of course, in this movie, they would have Shakespeare's last play be like a cash-in sequel to a yeah. famous one. <laughs> That's what I thought was hilarious. I actually thought, I was like, is that a subtle joke about like how this movie is definitely like a cash-in sequel? <laughs> Maybe, but it's not a. But this this one wasn't a gender swap, uh, except for that scene where the girls from Saint Trinian's go to the boys' school looking for information, and they dress up as boys. Yes. And, and don't don't totally pull it off. But no. Uh, but can we uh, please can we please watch that scene? Yes. Okay. Let's do it. That's one Show of my me. favorite bits. So the girls are basically get approached by um, one of the boys at a boys' school because this is where they find like the ring, right? Yes. The ring that's attached to the uh, painting. Painting, yes. And this is their attempt at covering up that they are uh, they are boys. Where are all the fit boys? Uh, I mean, you promised us hunky men and these guys. They're just a bunch of pansies. Ooh, apart from that one, look at him. He's gorge. Safi, that's Bella. Oh, oh. I got his number. What do you boys think you're doing here? Who are you? I'm, um... I'm... Jaunty. Jaunty Barber. This is, uh, Bufty Rolls-Royce and, uh, Sebastian de Billiard. We're... we're friends of Wills and Harry. 
You know Wilson, Harry. Of course you do. Great guys. Yeah, great guys. Top lads. Top, top. I ski. Bugger, I've got double mass. <laughs> I just look, there's no attempt at all. And if you saw the visuals, guys, they don't look anything like boys. Like, no, they, they do look like girls who are made a very poor attempt to dress up as boys. It's <laughs> great. Uh, my favorite joke in that whole, in the whole movie is where they, one of the girls, I guess she's supposed to be one of the posh toddies, um, is like, oh, well, there's a hot boy over there. And it's like, no, that's one of the girls dressed up yeah. as a boy. Oh. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> That's one of our own crew. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, the other joke I like from one of the hot toadies uh, uh, or hot toddies was when they when they discover Shakespeare is a lady. One of the girl, well, actually, I think the emo girl says the bard is a bird, and I laughed at that. And then and then one of the other girls goes, oh, a woman wrote the Bible. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think at that point one of the other characters just like, uh, uh, like yeah, <laughs> like I don't know how to handle this. Yeah. Yeah, and of course at the end, so we have our big moment at the end when they all rush out, and there is for some reason a pirate ship outside. I guess act with active cannons. With active cannons, that they were able to get on and then sail out into the harbor because David Tennant is, has has grabbed the information because they hate women, so they don't want the world to know that Shakespeare was a woman. Mm-hmm. So they run out onto the boat and they're taking off, and he's being you know asshole rich guy. Ah, I'm drinking champagne. Ha ah, ha! Fuck all you. We win. Ha ah. ha! And so they all jump in the pirate ship and then sail out into the harbor and proceed to uh, very poorly uh, fire off the cannons on the boat. Yeah. They don't seem to actually hit the boat much because they're they do, very they, don't close. Don't they hit like the church or something? Yeah, they, they they do fire off a shot that hits a church and they're all just like, oops. <laughs> I did it again, baby. Seven people died, I'm sure, in that church, but uh, they don't care. <laughs> Mistake. Fuck it, but they're so, yeah. religious, Jason. So they, so they sink the boat somehow, despite the fact they fired over top of it and uh, uh, they win they win the day. And and like literally then we cut to they're back at the dorm and it's like the end of the first movie where we have a song and everybody's dancing <laughs> and they're celebrating their, I guess, murdering David Tennant. But we find out he's not dead. And then one of my favorite moments in the movie is when he comes out of the water and the reporter's standing there and she's like, how does it feel? Is a, this man was the head of a anti-woman organization, 81. Uh, how does it feel to be humiliated by a bunch of schoolgirls? And he looks at him and he's kind of like, well. I think humiliated is a bit much and then walks away. <laughs> and his little crony like gives a thumbs up at the camera. Yeah. He's like, hi mom. I wrote down with, um, with this movie too. It's like, uh, it's like the fast and the furious franchise because villains, former villains come back as allies like, with Colin Firth. Yeah. Like any good sequel, right? You got to have the, all the favorites of the first, the, the villain comes back to help you out. You know, the, the Lex Luthor to their Superman comes back to give them a hand. I do like how Colin Firth does his whole like undercover bit. Yeah, <laughs> where he goes yeah. undercover in like the the with the with the MRA assholes, and he goes on this big like anti woman rant. Well, because he's also hammered because he just come from AA and he had uh, some sort of ceremonial wine and a massive goblet in front of him that he was clearly just chugging. <laughs> Chugs it. Also, again, this is all over the place because this movie is all over the place, guys. And we would be remiss, Jason, if we didn't play like a clip of Annabelle being possessed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, because because we've established now in the St. Trinian's world, ghosts exist and, and they can possess uh, uh, Annabelle at least. So and, and Annabelle's been possessed by the uh, by the ancestor that we saw at the beginning of the film. Yes. Uh, the Fritten, Fritten ancestor. Let's just listen to a bit of that. 
believe she's really not herself. Where's <laughs> her? Down here immediately. I am not Annabelle. I am Thorndon Fenton, scourge of the Bavarian hoof markets, terror of the Western Isles. And I am Camilla Fenton, headmistress of St. Trinian's School for young ladies. So pull yourself together. Possessing one's own relatives is not the sort of thing that we encourage at this school. <laughs> Very fortunate. That is neither clever nor funny. Now tell me, where is the treasure? Love. My beautiful treasure. I'm rich. <laughs> She's gone to some bananas. I think we need to exercise her. Yeah, she could definitely do a turning up. Not exercise, genius. Exorcise. Yes. Quick note. I just noticed something. How come in every, in movies like this where someone is, like, possessed, did she change her own makeup? What? <laughs> Yeah, like, no, I think I think the ghost did that to her. I think the ghost gave gave her a new look. Yeah. Okay, that is a weird thing in movies where like yeah, someone well, is possessed and like they they have a total makeup change. Yeah, it's, it's not that they just look tired and disheveled. They like full on black lipstick and eyeshadow and the hair has been teased out and uh, yeah, it's a real look. It's a full look. Or oh, you you doing an impression there? It sounded like for a second. I mean, I don't know who of who. It's just it's just a full look. It's a real look. Real, it's a, it's a real look. You gotta when you when you're a young lady. Oh, when you when you're a young lady of of, of seventeen, it's a it's a real look. It's a real look when you've been possessed by oh, a demon. Nicholas, is that you? I've always wanted to meet you. Well, it's uh, so nice to meet you, uh, Jimmy. Uh, I didn't think you were still around and able to communicate in a direct vocal manner. Well, listen, it's a it's a wonderful life that I've had. That's a that's a plug for a movie from several years ago. Well, I mean, and, it's public domain. I don't think you have to plug it anymore. People just well, watch it at Christmas. I just wanted to get some page views. I also <laughs> want to say, Nicholas. Yeah. I've seen you at your tomb a few times, and you're you you got a classy looking dame at your side there. Ah, she's a great lady. I I don't remember her name, but she's a great lady. Well, I, I'll just I'll just say you got a tomb next to old Jimmy here. I'll I'll hook you up. It's been great talking to you, Jimmy, but I gotta go uh, slap around wearing a Herzog. I'll talk to you later. All right. Well, I guess I'll just hang out with you guys then. Uh, well, we're kind of doing a podcast, Jimmy. I mean, we need to finish this up. We're we're just about done. Do you mind uh, if I just say one quick thing before I go? Is it about Saint Trinian's too, the legend of Fritton's gold? Jo- j- no, it's not, but it's real quick. Uh, okay, Mr. Mr. Stewart, please. All right, I just gotta say, uh, uh, stay the fuck home, uh, wash your hands, and uh, of course, uh, Sharpton for president. I'm out five thousand. It's funny that the first two things he said were just politicizing this podcast, but the last thing was completely neutral and fine. But exactly, I'm okay with the last thing. Yeah, well, washing your hands. Come on. Come on, what are, what guys! It's a hoax. Exactly. Go out, mix with others. You know. Hashtag right. open the economy. That's right. We need we, our our rich brethren are losing pennies, 
and we need to to risk our lives to get back out there and make sure that they are going to be okay. I don't want that. I don't Warren Buffett to live with the stress of not having two extra dollars in his savings. Hey, and if guys, if you want to help out, there's always Jeff Bezos GoFundMe page. Uh, you, you know what? The, the man's having a hard time. He's having a hard time. It's a rough. It's a rough time for everybody. But let's help the. Let's help our betters out. Is what I'm saying. So Jason. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about with this movie before we get to you know uh, the final thoughts? Well, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. I enjoy in the beginning. I, I talked about the twin girls in the car chase. That was quite funny. Uh, I enjoy when they arrive and they pull out one of the emo girls and she's in a casket. Yeah. Uh, the bus that comes in on the back of it, like at the top where it would normally say school bus, it just says in quotes from hell. <laughs> um, there you go. Uh, the the when the when the girls are coming into the school, there's also a girl that walks in and she opens up her her uh, vest and she's wearing a bandolier underneath with ammunition on it. Oh yeah, when she gets <laughs> uh, metal detected. Yeah, that made me laugh. Uh, I liked that uh, Gemma. Uh, yes. Uh, or what's the character's name? Arditon. Gemma Arditon. Yeah, the character is the character Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. So the former head girl, she apparently, well, when we see her initially, she's doing some sort of a heist. <laughs> yeah. And we uh, find out, Jason, not only is she not MI5 or MI6, she's MI7. Yes, which is a funny joke for uh, the reason that MI7 doesn't exist. But right. it also is funny because MI7 did exist at one time during World War II. And it was uh, a division that was dealt with like information and censorship. Uh, <laughs> that's what IMDb told me. Uh, so that's kind of funny. Uh, so she works for the government, but she does heist for the government. Okay. Um, the ring, the ring, we saw the ring was half a map, but also if you notice when they, when they click the ring into place, the, the two halves, the, uh, top of it is like, there's like a red jewel and a cross and they make a female symbol. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Again, the IMDB told me that and I was like, yeah, okay. I, I didn't think about that. I, I thought it kind of looked like the holy hand grenade, but it turns out it's a female symbol. I was going to say the forging of the ring reminded me of Lord of the Rings a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, we had to have that reference in there, clearly. I, yeah. I enjoyed how Fritten was just openly smoking uh, when she's talking <laughs> to the uh, kids. She just pulls out a fucking torch lighter and lights up her cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Um, how about was gotta, it, the fact that they actually address the stereotypes in a way, but then kind of like back off of that, too? Yeah. That's another thing they kind of like do and then don't do anything with where they have the the graveyard scene where they're trying to get, you know, where they're trying to find the first ring and the goth girl is all like scared. Yeah. <laughs> and they kind of play into that, that she's like kind of a, everybody's kind of a phony in a way, but then again, that's just like, that's the end of it. They don't yeah, go any further. Threads that were cool ideas that maybe could have gone with in a better movie, but uh, did not. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed when they're, when they're dressed as boys and the one girl stops and gets the choir beatboxing to uh, uh, distract them so that they can run by. That was kind of A little stereotypical. Yeah, of course it was, because it was the one black kid in the group that had to go teach them how to beatbox. Yeah. Uh, we, we did get one loose end tied up from the previous film when Jeffrey buys uh, uh, Miss Fritten a dog named Heathcliff. And it humps, it humps his leg. It does hump his leg, and he just kind of lets it do it because he doesn't want to murder it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the save the cat moment. Yeah. Uh, during the heist, we had Kelly back to help them out because we had to, you know, get her back for this movie. Um, there's a lovely crotch headbutt, which is uh, made me laugh quite hard, where uh, uh, the girl it's it's like two girls on top of each other. And then they open the coat up and the bottom one headbutts them in the crotch. <laughs> yeah. And then and then fucking Kelly pulls out or I think it's Kelly. One of them pulls out a Vulcan death grip. <laughs> yes, yeah, she does. Yeah. 
which if if you uh, know your Star Trek history, and I know you do, Brendan, but uh, just for everybody else, uh, in Star Trek, there is no such thing as a Vulcan death grip. The Vulcan death grip is a lie used by Spock uh, early in one of the uh, TOS episodes to uh, uh, convince them that he had this ability. When, in, in fact, he can do a Vulcan nerve pinch, which simply renders the uh, uh, pinched unconscious. Well, Jason, of course I knew that, but our listeners did not, and I appreciate no, you telling me I them wanted that. to fill them in so that they would know what you and I both know so well. Yeah, we we are both pretty well uh, well versed in that in that universe. Until somebody calls in and goes, that's not what happened with Spot, the nerve pinch, and then they'll inform me, and I'll, and I'll feel like a fool. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what happened. Goddamn fool. Uh, ooh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, flash mobs were referenced, so that was a real 2009 kind <laughs> oh, of uh, moment. Yeah. Did you notice that. also when they cut to the CCTV cameras, at one point when you saw the footage, it was also in slow motion? <laughs> Those are good cameras. So I was like, oh, they clearly just like put the movie on the on the, on the TVs yeah, in here. Yeah, just threw a, threw a filter and like, a, like some text at the bottom to make it look like a camera. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think yeah, the flash mob was shot in front of real people? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I guess the, uh, the, uh, the budget of this movie was a little more maybe than the last one, but I don't know. It looked like there were some genuine reactions. I do like that the flash mob is their way of, uh, getting, a, getting away and getting to the globe theater. But I don't like <laughs> that. That seems to be a decision made on, on the fly. Yeah. Um, and they have it choreographed to the T. Yeah, they like they, 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 they like they always had this flash mob in their back pocket for when they needed. This is like a, a plan. They in, in any situation, like they've been working on this plan for years. Just should it come up, they have it ready to go. Shout out to all the real flash mobs out there because I know you do prep for hours. So I just wanted to get your kudos in there. That's I think right. this movie falsely represents you, and I will not stand for it. It denigrates your uh, your your dream, and I yeah. will not have it. I will not have it. Not today. Not any day. Not ever. Well, that's just about all I have to say about this movie, Brendan. Is there anything else you have to say? Uh, active cannons. <laughs> yeah, active cannons on what is clearly a, a at best a museum ship, at worst some sort of tourist fucking trap thing. That they are able to take right into the water. <laughs> oh, there was one other thing that made me laugh. Uh, the twins at one point are seen on the stairway wearing helmets, and, and one of their helmets says, Born 2, and then the other helmet says, Kill. And that made me laugh. <laughs> Which, I, I did write down like, oh, what if you just saw the born to person? That'd be yeah. weird. <laughs> I mean, a helmet would just kill written on it is pretty funny, too. <laughs> well, Jason, this movie yeah. goes to the Oscars. Yay. Um, wait, are we talking about? Oh, never mind. Sorry. That's the wrong film. Oh. Uh, that's for when we get back to the list. Oh, OK. This movie, I don't believe the, 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 this movie did not win any awards. No, so well, I none, that I, none that I know of. The budget was question mark, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot find that information anywhere. The box office was exactly 7,088,097 pounds. That's, I guess, all right, depending on how much they spent on it. Well, I will tell you this, Jason. It opened at number two in the United yes, Kingdom. Number two. Just behind James Cameron's Avatar. <laughs> I, I feel like the, the use of the term on Wikipedia just behind is 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 minimizing it just a little bit. <laughs> just behind. Like 100 million close. pounds just behind. <laughs> yeah. So as of uh, February 2010, the movie actually um, 
if you want to talk about comparisons, it it got about five million pounds less than the uh, first installment. Uh, however, wow. become the fourth biggest film of the Christmas season of 2009 in in uh, in jolly old England. Uh. Ahead of this were were the classic films uh, Avatar, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Sherlock Holmes. People like that one. And of course, the movie we all know and love, Alvin and the Chipmunks: The Squeakquel. Now. I have to say, I've not seen Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeakquel, but I have seen uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, colon, Chipwrecked. <laughs> oh, really? Because yeah. I've only seen Alvin and the Chipmunks, colon, The Road Chip. Oh, wow. And that movie has a scene in which John Waters makes a cameo. Stay wow. with me. Talks to Alvin on a plane after Alvin uh, makes a joke about like how he's not how about how I like you know chipmunks they poop and then wherever yeah to which it, it, he criticizes him for that to which Alvin says oh come on John Waters I've seen pink flamingos <laughs> really? this oh. is a child's film oh these movies man uh, a my, movie my... for children. My favorite thing about the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie was David Cross because he was in some of them. You know, man's got to make money. Uh, yeah, and yeah. he t- he said that when he filmed the third one. So in that movie, his character is for a good chunk of the movie wearing like a like a mascot suit. I forget exactly what, but he's like inside this mascot suit and they made him stay on the boat they were filming on for the entire shoot even though he literally only had like a couple of scenes where you actually saw his face they made him stay there and i think they kept him in the suit like actually play <laughs> and made him do that whole thing rather than just like filming you know the two scenes with him and letting him leave <laughs> that's so that reminds me of like the whole like dream girls thing with uh what's his name jimmy pardo yeah yeah, he did. well, but that's even worse because Jimmy went. He was there for like 12, 16 hours, and then they and then finally filmed his scene, and then they got cut from the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he got paid, so he got pa- exactly he got paid, and he got an experience, and he got a story out of it. And Jimmy <laughs> was a good storyteller, so it comes in handy. And yeah. he could say he was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Watch the deleted scenes. I'm that's there. right. Look, look, <laughs> watch for me. I'm in there somewhere. So I don't have a whole lot else to say about Saint Trinian's Two: The Legend of Fritton's Gold, other than to say. It received overwhelmingly negative reviews. Yeah. Uh, it holds a 14% rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, with an average score of 3.55 out of 10. Mm. Ouch. I was going to say, like, the brass tacks, bottom line, this movie's fine. It's dumb. It's dumber than the original. It's, yeah. it's, it's silly. But, I, you know what? I like Rupert Everett uh, in this role. I love, I really like him as Miss Fritton. I think he's quite funny. There's some there's some all right jokes in this movie. Not nearly as many as the first one, but there's some good jokes. Mm-hmm. You know what? And I think for – like because I, I said about the previous film, like it was a movie that I could imagine like as a kid you would see this movie when you're like eight or something and, it, and you would watch it over and over again because it's just one of those types of movies that I think a kid would like. And I think that this is a – a, a perfectly fine sequel in that way for the kid that liked the original St. Trinians and watched it over and over. They would probably like this one a lot too, because mm-hmm. it's kind of a similar spirit. And even if it is even sillier, but you know what? It's fine. It's, I wouldn't go out of your way to watch it, but you're not going to, uh, you know, totally waste your time seeing it. Yeah. I, I'm, I gotta say, I think 
and not as like in any genuine legitimate kind of way i think i actually enjoyed this more than oh, the good. last one yeah. um just you think the, si- was, the silliness of it yeah it was just so stupid it was just <laughs> so dumb yeah and like again we've done movies on this show. I mean, the wicker man yeah. where I thought like, Oh man, this could, this would fit on this, this podcast or what were they thinking? Like easily. Yeah. And I think this is one of those movies where it's just like, like they took a movie about a school and like crazy kids and added pirates to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just insane to me. Um, so I think, um, this would be a fun I movie think, to spring on Nathan, just because I bet you he's never seen the original Bells of St. Trinians, nor the 2007 St. Trinians. <laughs> be like, here, just watch this. You're right. No, no, uh, no, no preamble. Just, just put it on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll say if you if you're looking for something dumb to like pass the time, it's it's just That's as good fine. as the next thing. If you got like a young cousin or something and you want kind of a, a silly movie to watch, this is a good one to put on. Yeah. If you can find it. Yeah, it's out there. You just gotta dig around. You just gotta be a little bit of a of an architect. I'm sure there's a, a double disc DVD set of both movies you can buy. <laughs> yeah, this is a. I believe this is on the Criterion Channel, so it should be. Yeah. God damn, it should be. Well, Jason, Saint Trinian's two all wrapped up. It's in the books. It's, we've we've done it. We've finally done it. We've watched so... <laughs> Saint Trinian's and the two modern remakes. That's right. No more Trinians, please. <laughs> well, we still got six more movies to watch. <laughs> we do not. <laughs> um, so this is usually the point where we would say, hey, we're returning to the list next week. But we decided to do a kind of a special episode next week to kind yeah. of cap this off in light of the um, the wonderful situation we're all getting through right now. Yeah. Um, you know, we could go the obvious route. We could have done 28 Days Later. Could have done 28 weeks later. Could have done, uh, you know... Uh, 28 months later. 28 months later, 28 years later. The, yeah. the movie of- 28 Days about Sandra Bullock recovering from alcoholism. Uh, <laughs> but we didn't. We didn't. No. We decided to... Uh, we're going to talk about a movie that's kind of about a similar thing. I mean, a heightened. <laughs> a little heightened. Yeah. So don't freak out when you hear what we're going to talk about. But we're going to talk about a British sort of outbreak slash end of the world type deal um, slash I think kind of a zombie movie, but I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's called the girl with all the gifts. And Ooh. by the way, it also stars Gemma Arterton, which I did Ooh. not plan. <laughs> all right. We are on a Gemma Arterton role. That's right. Just like, uh, just like uh, Jim. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, Jim. Uh, yeah. Carson from. Uh, no, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Carson? No, it's not Carson. It's, but he's Car- he plays Carson on Downton Carter, now. Carter. Jim, Jim Carter, yeah. Yeah. So J- Jim Carter, the, the movie about the, the guy who uses a pommel horse in a Middle Eastern village. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, yeah, Jim Arterton, um, I actually don't know that much about this movie. I just know it's sort of related to a uh, kind of virus that wipes out Outbreak. a lot of people. An outbreak of sorts. Um, and uh, it's Justin be, Hoffman in this one. Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. No monkeys? No monkeys. Oh. But if you are Canadian and you are listening to this show, and maybe if I you're am. American, and maybe if you're American, I cannot confirm, uh, but it is on Canadian Netflix. So you can definitely check that movie out The Girl with All the Gifts. Uh, and it might be on American Netflix too. Who fucking knows, Jason? Who fucking I don't, knows? And I don't care, wow. frankly. Wow. Frankly. Wow. 
So there you go. That's what we're going to talk about next week. And then after that, we will be going back to the list. Business. We're getting back to it. I guess I want to say at this point is you can find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for For Screen. And Gundre. You can find us on Twitter at BFI underscore pod. You can also find Jason on Twitter. At Jason D. McLeod. That's M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Check me out. And he's opening up his school and he's looking for gold. That's right. We're going we're gonna to find Curly's gold one way or the other. We're getting it. <laughs> you can find us on all the podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. I mean, uh, theoretically, you should have already found us because you're listening to us. I mean, we don't post right. this on YouTube yet. Anyways. I, I, I'm just giving them alternatives. Okay. Uh, you can find us on our home base at fourscreenandcountry.podbean.com, of course. Rate us on iTunes, guys. Give us a review. It Say helps. Say nice it things. It really helps. Ideally. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like us, just like, you know, I mean, I appreciate it, but just kind of fuck off. Yeah, just, you know, there's lots of podcasts out there. There's something for you. You don't need it. Just move on. If I don't like a podcast, I don't usually leave a review. I just kind of move forward. I just Uh, move on with my day because I've got better things to do. Exactly. Especially during this time, guys. Come on. During these times. I'm giving giving people shit that have done nothing to (laughs) us. That's right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can find us there. And, uh, I guess, uh, all I got to say to you, Jason is God save the queen. God save the screen. And for screen and country, I'm Brendan. I'm Jason. School's out for summer. Trinian is out forever. Cause they're never going to make that sequel. Brendan. Oh, what's up? Noise coming down, trying to kill my buzz, trying to spin me ground. That's all, fat boy, turn around, sending all the fun running underground. What's all that noise coming down? Snapping at my feet with your muscle sound. Don't turn back, don't turn around. I tell you, it's a race to the solid ground. you like to hustle i heard you like podcasts well guess what there's a podcast for you out there called the home video hustle damn right every friday we talk about whatever movie pj picks out the bag what does that mean every wednesday on our youtube page i put a bunch of movies in a bag and pj picks one out at random and then we just watch it we talk about it for maybe like an hour hour and a half two hours whatever we feel like doing wherever the conversation leads us but do we actually talk about the movie most of the time. Ah. 
tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games, mm-hmm. music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one. Music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just. Oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, please. Yeah. Yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast round. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers. Yes. The Google Play. Yes. Apple Podcasts. What else? Podbean. What else? Podcast Addict. Goddamn. All that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere. Worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah. We gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say, ah. Yeah, yeah. good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. <laughs> no, don't, don't run the listeners away, Pete. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace.